So I might work with somebody who's got some shoulder pain going on and we might say, okay, well, that's muscular in some ways or, you know, it's in the skeletal system. But it's amazing how many times I can release emotions and then the energy frees up in that shoulder and then you can move your shoulder around and it's like, wow, that's really interesting. It's not hurting anymore or my mobility is moving more. And I think that what happens is the body does become a bit of a collection place for us, for all kinds of things. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business, doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. On today's episode, I am like giddy excited to introduce you to my friend. I'm going to call you friend, Karen. I have introduced you trying to explain like who you are and what you do to friends and family and clients of mine. And I sometimes refer to you as my business coach slash mentor slash energy healer slash therapist because you're kind of just all of it wrapped into one. So can you introduce yourself? Tell us what your official title is, what you do, and a little more about you. Yeah. So I think your description is actually rather lovely. I like that very much. Thank you. So, you know, I don't feel like I really have an official title. If I were going to say anything, it would be that I work with people wherever they're at to clear away any blocks, any resistances to really creating the kind of life that they want to live, and also to really support people to get on purpose in their life. And I use a number of different techniques to do that, primarily energy psychology, primarily the Mason method, which is a system that I've put together that I find works really quickly at getting to root causes, clearing people's belief systems, emotions that are maybe sort of still stuck, didn't fully process through, then that really supports people in making those changes that they'd like to make in their life. And I've certainly seen evidence of that. I mean, I am meeting with you weekly now. You're one of the like the most, you know, in the front of my mind support systems that I have right now because I just have loved it so much that I'm like, I want to go all in on this and I want to meet with you weekly because I want to keep clearing things and not just clearing things on a conscious level of like, okay, I know that I'm stuck in this area this week with my business or I'm noticing that I set this intention and I keep not doing it or every time I go to do it, I'm procrastinating like from a practical level, but then also just some of the work that we do 
goes all the way back to, I mean, infancy or even in utero. There's times that like, it's just wild. And so it's been a wonderful experience just learning that we can clear that and just experience life in such a different way. Absolutely. And I think because I use energy testing to sort of really quickly figure out where there are blocks and things like that, I find it just works so much quicker, right? In traditional counseling, we can talk about pieces, identify them or recognize how they show up for us or feel them on a physical level in the body or behaviors that we're doing that maybe we don't quite get, you know, why we're doing a certain thing. We want to do something completely different, but we keep doing the same thing, the same pattern over and over. So using energy testing, like can really quickly identify that. And as you say, sometimes, you know, it's roots of that go a long way back. Sometimes it's subconscious patterning that we're not even necessarily consciously aware what it is that's kind of holding that that piece or that behavior or that feeling in place that we want to change. So energy testing, I find so quick to just sort of figure that out. Yeah. One question I get asked a lot when I talk about you, because I just rave about you to everyone everywhere, (laughs) is how did you find out about her? That's what people will ask me all the time. And I just have to tell this story real quick because I feel like it speaks to the magic that you are, like just the incredible human that you are and the work that you do. We have a mutual friend or acquaintance Jonathan, who just happens to be a pretty skeptical person in general, like he would even identify as that. And his wife would as well. And his wife was one of my best friends in college and then has continued to be one of my best friends. And she just said, hey, I don't know if you're into this or if you're interested, but Jonathan just had this session. And I believe it was even about money. She knew that I've been really trying to work on money blocks specifically, Mm -hmm. that like there's a lot of deep-rooted scarcity for me that trickles all the way back to childhood. I mean, I have very vivid, specific memories of that. And then, of course, layers underneath that as well, you know, that root back from my parents' generations and then my grandparents. And there's been so many layers of this. So she said, Jonathan was super skeptical, but a friend either gifted him the session or told him to do it. I don't know. But he came to you, had this session, and he was so sold. He was like, I don't even know what just happened, but that was amazing. And I was like, tell me no more. If Jonathan's a fan, I'm I'm in. Like, send me her info. I want it. I don't even care what she does or who she is. If Jonathan is a fan, then I'm here for it. And so I, yeah, I just want to share that for anybody that, you know, is interested because I do get that question a lot of like, well, how did I I find you. Do you find that a lot of people are word of mouth referrals for you? Like how do things kind of happen? Always. I've never advertised my services or anything like that. It's always been word of mouth where somebody's had a session and very much like that. Then sort of like, wow, things happened or things changed or I felt really different or I went from being super stressed to super calm or I no longer trigger into experiences that I used to trigger into. So my name just gets passed around that way. Yeah. And there always seems to be this beautiful flow with like incredible, like yourself, incredible souls that are coming in to do this work. And that's always my intention. Hmm. You taught me this practice at one point where you said, all you do when you are wanting a new client is a very specific practice. Will you just kind of walk us through? Because I feel like it's so beautiful that you practice this. And I think so many listeners would probably benefit from learning this too. Yeah. So for me, what I've always, always done is just it's like an invitation. I could think of it like an invitation. I could think of it like just putting that intention out into the universe that I'm here. This is what I have to offer. And for me, it feels like sort of like just this 
field that goes out and people pick up on that. And then there's this sort of a tractor piece that just comes together and we can act. So it's always, it feels like an invitation to me. I put the invitation out and they don't get caught up in any of the like, oh, I've got to do, you know, major advertising or anything like that. It's just simply an invitation of that really good connection. I love it. So it always works. been like that, like for as long back as I can remember, even when I started this work, which was probably back in the very early 90s. And energy psychology at that time was seemed pretty new. Most people didn't know about it. But I've always worked that way. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I would get my calendar in the early days and I would just put in, you know, an opening on my calendar and they would just naturally start to fill. So I have a really a topic that may be controversial that I think you have taught me a lot about, at least controversial in my world or like previous to working with you, it was a topic that I wasn't very educated on. The idea that everything is energy and therefore money is also energy. I remember telling David that after a session, you know, David has now come to you as well, also is a fan, also naturally sort of skeptical, is like loves you and adores you, of course. But I was talking to him about it and he was like, but money isn't energy. So I would just love for you to kind of dive into that, like explain if somebody that was maybe skeptical or like, well, that's not true. Everything isn't energy. Money's not energy. You can go in any direction you want with that. But just tell us more. Yeah. So I guess I, I do. I come very much from the belief that everything is energy, right? Everything in nature is energy. We are energy beings. Emotions are energy, right? If we're in a place where we're feeling absolute love, there's a vibration that's happening in our being when we're feeling that, right? Mm. And if we're in sadness, that's a vibration. We're feeling that. And it's the same when we're out in nature. Money is no different, <laughs> but it's the feelings often that are associated with money, right? Then that's an energy. So maybe if we have lots of it and it's really abundant, we might be, you know, really in a in a great, happy, joyful experience of that. And that's the energy that we're feeling. And same if there's scarcity, if there's lack, we have an emotional feeling towards that. And I'm always thinking along the lines like, okay, so if money, if everything is energy, everything in our universe is energy, that means money is also energy. We feel different ways at different times when we're connected to it or not connected to it. And underneath that, I often find there's all kinds of sort of those early childhood beliefs or things that we witnessed as children that somehow prevent us in some ways of like stepping into that. And I look at it like it's our birthright. It's, it is absolutely our birthright to be in very, very high vibration. And as souls, I believe that we're in very, very high vibration and that what's happening is on a vibratory level. At times, we are stepping out of that vibrational alignment. So in that vibration, right, of whatever that is, so say we want to be able to bring in more money, guaranteed, like if we're not bringing it in, if it's not an ease of flow, and I start energy checking, I'm going to start finding things in there around why, why is that not an ease of flow? And then we can release that and clear that it might be a belief, right? It might be something that we witnessed at some point. It might be that we've got a whole bunch of different emotions connected to money. Lots of beliefs come up around money for people. So 
And the more we're consciously aware of them, I find as soon as we're consciously aware of them, we can release it. It's sometimes the pieces when we're not consciously aware of them. I'm imagining somebody listening who hasn't worked with you is probably like, but what does that look like? What does that feel like? And so maybe it will be helpful for me to give an example that just happened on the last session with you, where we were specifically, you were like, oh, you, it's money is coming up again, because, you know, we're still doing new layers and new levels of that. And the short condensed version is that it rooted back to this experience where I had been engaged previously. And it tied to this belief that I formed during that experience where I felt that God, universe, source was giving me something I truly desired, which was to be in a committed relationship and with the promise of kids and building a life with somebody in partnership. And then when that engagement broke off, it felt as if that was stripped away. Like, just kidding. We're going to like dangle the carrot in front of you and then strip it away. And I can talk about it so easily right now in this moment. But in that session, it was like, oh, and tears just flowed. And feeling that shift, even physically in my body, was just a wild thing because I knew that that was a belief I had formed. I had already done a lot of healing. I had been in therapy for it. I had done tons of journaling about it. But the shifts that happen feel so dramatic to me sometimes in the sessions that we do. Like, it's just done. It's just yeah. not, not an issue Isn't anymore. that beautiful? It's right? incredible. Like <laughs> <laughs> just makes it so easy. It's so easy. Oh. I'll share a little story with you about something that happened yesterday. I have a, a new, beautiful little furry cat that's come to live with me. And so it was just, let's see, day two. So when he first came home, he was sort of skittering around his tummy was low to the floor but he was checking everything out and had a reasonably good night pretty quiet night that night but the next day just was in the closet not coming out for the entire day and so at this moment at the end of my day I thought okay come on Karen there's a pretty cat in the cupboard who's struggling (laughs) here like get the kid out and do some work So I did. I cleared two emotions. There was a trapped emotion of panic, I think it was, and another one. I don't recall what it was. And that was all there was to clear were just those two emotions. And then I got up, left my office, went out to the living room, and I called him. And he immediately came. Oh, my goodness. No stress at all. And was just like roaming around the house as if he had been living here all the years. And was just totally fine. I didn't He took a photograph of him lying flat on his back, arms completely extended out, like just totally chilling, right? I took this photograph and I thought, there we go, you see, so the Mesa method is just so powerful. But even that piece, just doing that with animals, and he has been absolutely fine ever since, you know, like he's just roaming around. But it's those pieces of just getting hold of like, okay, so I was thinking about like, what didn't fully process or what are we going through that we're having difficulty processing? So in that case, with this lovely little cat, he had some panic going on, understandably all new environment and that kind of, yeah. and that as soon as we bring that into that awareness and release the energy around that, it's like, it just frees everything up to, right? So yeah, animals, humans, Mm-hmm. Amazing. All energy. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about the word trauma because I think a lot of times, you know, people, I, I think the awareness collectively around trauma and healing the trauma has been increased 
significantly in the last decade even. And I am celebrate that and I love it because I think we all need that. And I think I've had some interesting conversations with David about trauma because there are times where I'm like, what matters is not the external world of like what physically happened to me. It's what happened within me. It's what exactly. registered in my body. I would say it's like you almost have the awareness of trauma, but then it's so much deeper and it's so much more complex. And it's like this like interweb connectedness in our physical bodies, in our emotional bodies, in our the awareness that we have to trauma, sadness. It can be all kinds of different emotions. Can you speak a little bit to that and, and maybe the difference of like somebody that's specific on only healing trauma versus what you do? Yeah. Often when I'm doing sessions for people, I use often a couple of keywords. One is trauma. I'll say, is there an unprocessed trauma related to this or is there an underlying stress? Sometimes somebody might come and they may say, I've got so much post-traumatic stress disorder going on. Can you help me with that? Or I've got ADD going on. It can be any kind of label that they may show up with. I look at all of that, no matter what it is, I look at it as it's either going to fall into like sort of stress or it's going to fall into a trauma. But underneath all of that is that same piece around what didn't process, right? Mm. So as human beings, we're designed in such a way to actually move through emotions. And we have wonderful energy systems in our body that are, you know, can do great jobs with that. If we truly give ourselves the time and the opportunity to actually process through our emotions, we don't live in a world nowadays too much that really supports us. Or do we have the time necessarily to sit down always and think, okay, have I processed every emotion around this, right? But what happens is that those pieces still are in the energy system. So if we have traumas or stress, whatever we want to call that, from our childhood, for example, that didn't fully process, and there are lots of reasons why it can't process, right? Sometimes we don't have the words for it. So we think about that really young child, we might not have the words for it, right? It may be that it wasn't really safe for us, or we may have just gone into a freeze mode and everything just sort of you know, just sort of stopped in time. But the other part is, is that we will always, on some level, I believe we're always trying to bring our awareness to something that hasn't fully released or fully healed itself. And that's where triggers come in. So we might have a trigger, the trigger could be, you know, somebody went through an experience in their life, they've got a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder stuff going on. I just take that as a symptom. So I may say, mm -hmm. so what happens for you? And they'll say, well, I have so much anxiety physically. I can't move parts of my body anymore. Whenever I think about it, my heart rate really goes up. So I will get more sort of like, how's the stress presenting itself? And then what I do is I take that and then I just energy test and follow it back. And sometimes it's to a very specific event that happened in their life. Sometimes it's multiple different events that have happened. But what I find is that it clears much more quickly. So it's like we're not trying to talk about all the different aspects of it. We're just looking for that one strand, right? Or the needle in the haystack and energy testing gets you to the needle. So you can see this big whole thing to go, boom, this is what we need to move and shift. And once we've done that, everything else kind of nicely falls into balance. And it doesn't mean we get it all done in one session, but I do find it's so, it's so much quicker. 
Absolutely. Can you explain a little bit what you mean by energy testing? Because I think it's important for people to know that it's not just like you are this like magician that like, (laughs) I'll let you just take over. Yeah. So energy testing is a wonderful thing. And more and more people are actually starting to learn about it and use it. There's like well over a million practitioners now, I think last you know, I checked in, who are actually using it in their practice. So if you think about, here we are, these amazing beings, muscles respond differently when we think about something stressful or we're experiencing something stressful versus something that's not stressful. So if you and I were standing together, I could ask you to raise your arm. I could be using any muscle actually in your body. You can check literally any muscle in your body. And you could think about something that felt really joyful for you. I could apply a bit of pressure to that muscle. If we were using your arm, I would apply just a bit of pressure to your muscle. And you would be able to hold that really, really nice and easily. Whereas if I got you to think about something that was stressful for you or an event that was really upsetting for you, instantaneously, there's such a quick response there to you calling that into your awareness and into your thoughts and how your muscles respond. So what happens is there's a drop in that muscle response. So how that works in doing it in the work that I do is that I use that as a means to figure out, okay, so is this stressful for you or is it not stressful for you just by energy testing? And because we are all connected, Mm -hmm. right? We're all connected. When I'm working with people remotely, I simply ask permission if I can energy test you. And once you've granted permission, I actually test on my own body, but I'm connecting into that part of you that knows exactly what it is that we need to work on or clear or rebalance. So yeah, so lots of good stuff now that you can read about energy testing and I teach classes in it. And you can test all kinds of different things, you know, using energy testing foods. And it's a great way to figure out, okay, so what foods work for you or what health products work for you. It can get really, really, really great clarity just by working using your own body. Yeah. What I love about it is that It's not like I was saying, like, it's not like you're just a magician and you have all the answers. Like, you're truly kind of tapping in and allowing, I'll just get really specific, like my physical body, my own presence, my energy to be the source to guide to what's the root thing. And it's such a wild experience to be on this end of that experience, you know, with you, because what happens is sometimes like if you were to ask me if I knew, sometimes I will know like, yeah, this is the thought that came to mind or, or I have this memory that just popped in. And sometimes it is about that. But more often than not, it seems it's actually about something very different, you know, sometimes much deeper, sometimes much older, sometimes more recent, you know, sometimes my kid said something and it freaked me out or pissed me off. It just frustrated me, you know, and maybe that is the trigger and it roots to something else that was unresolved. Like, it's just such a wild experience because it's truly, I think what I'm getting at is that there's this like a hyper awareness in me right now of this codependent relationship that can happen between like a coach and the coachee or therapist and 
whatever the dynamic is, the relationship that we're in. And I feel none of that from you. I feel like you are also in the process always educating me how to do it myself. Asking me, like we've talked about foods. You just brought up food of like, okay, I want to feel really good in my body again. And just teaching me like, okay, great. Well, next time you go to open the cupboard, just like energy test and test yourself. Like, does this feel good to my body right now? Would I want this? Like, is it a great choice to enjoy that piece of chocolate cake right now? And sometimes the answer is yes. Like, absolutely it is. Like, this is totally aligned And how me. great is that, right? Yes. <laughs> like, great ways to release the guilt. Yeah. We don't have to do the guilt, right? You can just test to find out, am I holding for this right now? And what you may hold for one day, you may not hold another day. Totally. <laughs> can you just honor that in yourself, that that's your body's wisdom saying, yeah, we're totally great with a piece of chocolate cake today. Mm-hmm. Or we're not. Or we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little about this. You know, going back to our friend Sarah and Jonathan, who introduced me to you, Sarah, she's just so verbose. Like, her language is so incredible. And she has used this language trying to describe you where she has talked about how you just operate from this total paradigm of love. Like, there is no ego. I never feel judgment. I never feel shame. And I couldn't agree with her more that you are just have this total like love paradigm about you where it's like, I don't even consciously need to know that I agree with any of the things that you're doing. I feel that you are operating from this place of love and I trust that. I don't even care if my mind is like, hmm, but is everything energy or is money energy or is what she like, can she tap into me energy? Like it doesn't even matter because I feel that in the experience with you thinking about that just as we I was kind of preparing for our conversation and I just made me go what is Karen's life been like like who are you and how did you get to operate from such a place of love and no ego and no judgment just holding the space for me to just unleash sometimes and just come undone without making it mean anything or judging that or putting meaning to it that didn't need to be there Yeah, beautiful question. And such deep gratitude Mm. for what you shared in there. Deep, deep gratitude. Thank you. Because that's lovely. And that's very much, for me, it's the place where I feel that's the place I love to be, Mm. right? That there there is no judgment. My past, when I think back, and just sort of like career wise, I started working with people with addictions. I worked with homeless people for many years. I worked in one of the big jails in Toronto, so did a lot of work with inmates, with families. I then went on to work in women's shelters, did a lot of public education. So I feel like I've had these super rich experiences working with so many very different clientele, and also at times working with clientele of people who often people can judge, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of judgment around drugs and homelessness. So I feel like that really, really expanded my heart center to people. The other thing that happened for me was my introduction into energy psychology. And I'll just maybe share that because I think it's deeply contributed to that place that I come from. So my experience coming into energy testing was I was working at the women's shelter And one of our board of directors said, I tried this really, really strange therapy. I think you might really be into it. And I bought you a gift certificate. So I went off to see this person. 
lovely woman who opened the door and said, oh, come on in. She was very kind of frazzled. And she's like, I'm doing my last bit of my training tomorrow and I don't have enough hours in. And would you be okay in your session? Like if I did a double or a triple session for you? And I thought, yeah, bonus. Okay. I had no idea. (laughs) No idea what this was. And I had no idea about energy testing. So there I was in her office and she asked me to hold my arm up and she said, okay, so I want you to think about your dad and your sister. And she had made this whole list of all the people in my life and she was going through and energy testing me on people. And my arm held strong for some and went weak for others. And then she took me through this process and the process was called New Decision Therapy, which I also teach and I do with people sometimes. And it's a forgiveness process. So you actually go through and it's a forgiveness process where you are working by forgiving the person for whatever it was that you wanted from that person that you didn't get. And it's moving into compassionate understanding and letting go of emotions like guilt and regret, and then moving to a place of just being an unconditional love for that person, for whatever it was that happened and however they showed up in your life, and then making a really conscious decision to move forward in your life. So I had about three hours of that. Amazing. (laughs) And I left at such a high vibratory state. I felt Mm. so incredible and I had never experienced anything like that. And I quite literally knew from that moment on that there was nothing on this planet that anybody could ever do that wasn't on some level unforgivable. I felt completely connected to everybody. I felt such deep oneness. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going back. I'm going to go to the shelter. I'm going to do this with everybody. And the whole world is just going to be in this like amazing place. And so that wasn't quite how the story went. I ended up going into private practice, found that it didn't quite work in the setting that I was in. It shifted me into going into private practice, which I really, really loved. So I always come from that experience that I had where I feel like there literally is no judgment of another person for me. So that's lovely to hear that that's other people's experience because I feel like, yeah, that's really it. It's working at those very high vibratory states and that there really is no judgment, that there is only absolute compassion, care and understanding for another person of what their life journey has brought them. Yeah. And it's easy for someone to say that and articulate that. It's another thing for them to live that out. And I just want to, for anybody listening, like you totally embody that in 100%. Like I've never felt, there's been times where I'm like surprised that I can so easily say whatever it is that needs to be said or that's like coming to my mind that I feel needs to come out to be processed. And it's like some part of me is like, ooh, but is it safe to like say that out loud? But it's usually like the afterthought, like, oh, I just said that without even like thinking about it. You know, like now I'm thinking about it, but you've created such a safe space. Will you give us a little glimpse of like before that moment, Karen, to now, Karen? Can you do like a before and after version of you? Of that moment where you had that three hour session and that kind of life altering moment? Like what was Karen like before that? I think the Karen prior to that, I've always been incredibly inquisitive. I've had personal experiences, as has everyone in life, that have been somewhat challenging to work through in my life. I think I went very much from a place of, I would say, probably more victim thinking of like life is happening to me to 
shifting into life is really happening for me and it's like a co-creation that's happening. I would say I was probably at times would feel sadder and I had certainly had a number of experiences in my life around abandonment seemed to be kind of a common theme from childhood and that kind of thing into recognizing there really is no such thing as abandonment. And so being able to really shift that, right? It can very quickly kind of be in, would say, like compassionate places and understanding places for people. And the other piece of I think the big, big shift that happened because I was doing much more traditional counseling with people. And then as I shifted into having that whole experience and realizing that whenever we have stress, whenever we have trauma, that there are ways that we can move through that so much more quickly. And that talking about it has its benefits, but talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it actually is just reinforcing the trauma piece. It's not actually releasing, right? Mm -hmm. The stress and the trauma around that. Yeah. So I think that there's this beautiful balance of being able to do, able to do both mm -hmm. right? of that nice balance. And now I'm, I mean, I'm not always there, of course, but I really do work very much from that place of working on myself having somebody else that I work with and recognizing whatever the stuff is, we can move it, we can shift it so much more easily so that life is so much easier. Hmm. When I think about someone that I admire as much as I admire you, which I might cry even talking about it. <laughs> we'll do that together then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've been working together, I think for well over a year now, maybe even a year and a half. And there's been a lot that we have shifted in our work together in my life. And I've seen the repercussions of that. I've seen that in my marriage. I've seen it in the way that I, I'm my cry route, in the way that I handle my kids. Um, there's been just so much that I'm so grateful for, for the work that you do. I don't even remember where I was going with all of that now because I got in the emotion of it. I was thinking about even little things where, you know, in the past, maybe it's helpful, maybe it's coming up for a reason, but like there was a moment where I remember I was just on this high, just kind of like you were explaining, like this, like just felt like on top of the world, life was amazing. Like I literally, when I'm in that place, I feel as if there's these like glasses or this fog that has been taken off of my eyes. Like I quite literally see the world differently. Like the air looks cleaner and clear. The light sparkles differently on the trees or in the water. Like the colors are richer and more vibrant. And I was in that state and I was coming home and I came home and David had done this beautiful job of being with our kids all through the weekend so that I could have the space to go do. I was hosting this like retreat for my team and I walk in and he has the fireplace going. The kids are like around. I mean, it was just like he had done all the work to make the house really lovely. And I instantly was just like triggered and went mm. straight into, oh, just like deflated balloon, like from this like beautiful high moment to this deflated moment. And my conscious awareness was like, because I've been working on this for a long time of like trying to understand like, when did that shift for me? And trying to be more and more and more aware of like, what was said, yeah. what happened? Like, when did that shift happen? Instead of just noticing that I feel differently. And I thought it was something that David said, where I don't even remember what it was. And I just immediately took it the wrong way or, oh, it was something about groceries that I was bringing groceries in and 
I felt as though he was disappointed that we hadn't gone out more to like explore and wine and dine because it's something that he really values. And I just immediately got defensive and felt very triggered by it. And the rest of the day, like, I, it's like I just couldn't shift it. I just was, like, stuck in that, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I brought that into the session. And I'll never forget that you, you know, you started, like, asking, okay, now go back and, like, visualize, like, that moment. Okay, what happened before that? Okay, what happened before that? What happened before that? And what came through in that session was that it actually had nothing to do with David at all. <laughs> Right. Even though I'd been over here like <laughs> blaming him for quite a while, like, oh, you said this thing and it just triggered me. And, you know, <laughs> but it was actually something that happened before I even set foot in the door that there was this like shift that happened. I don't even remember what it rooted back to, but it was something totally unrelated, you know. But I give that example maybe also because it's such a beautiful lesson of like how we can be triggered in our life and it's easy to blame the person or the thing or the situation or like you said, go into that victim mentality of like, see, it's happening again. Like, here I go. And I think we all know people that identify and they literally live the entire world in that way. But being able to recognize that, like, oh, maybe I'm just playing out a pattern or maybe that thing is happening to, you know, it's a trigger because it's coming up so that I can heal whatever the thing is underneath. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the beauty of using the energy testing, if we can take that situation, it's like you, by the time you came in and that sort of energy dropped for you, because we could use energy testing, we could back up, right? And do that piece around, okay, then what happened next? What happened next? And all the way along, I'm just energy testing you to find out like, okay, look, you're holding there, you're holding there, you're holding there. And then that was when we figured out something happened. Yeah. Or you actually walked in the door. So then that's the sort of like inroad into figure out, okay, what is this about? So I'm not sure that I answered your question there, but I thought that was a nice way to sort of talk about how specific energy testing can actually get us to the deeper underlying reason why you're feeling the way that you are. Because otherwise what happens is you stay in that place of thinking, oh, maybe it has something to do with your partner or your children. Or, But in actual fact, something happened prior to that. You just weren't necessarily consciously aware of it. Right. You just knew you didn't feel okay by the time you walked in. What would you say or what wisdom would you have for somebody that does feel like they're hearing this and they're like, hmm, must be nice, but I do feel like the world is out to get me and that nothing does go my way. And I have all this evidence that things are awful and hard and I don't know if it's ever going to be different. Like what wisdom would you have to say to somebody? Yeah. There's a few things that come in for me on that. One would be we might be checking beliefs for sure not, right? Like nothing ever works out well in my life or I have lots and lots of lists of beliefs that I work from and then I energy testifying, which is the one that's the closest. But I think I would probably be looking again at energy tests or like, are we looking at beliefs here? Sometimes we have beliefs that we've learned them through society. We've learned them through our family growing up. Sometimes they're going back, you know, into grandparents, great-grandparents. I've seen them go generation upon generation that just carries through a family. And so it's like we're literally kind of carrying those beliefs, but many of them are kind of outdated, don't serve us well. But once we're holding on to those beliefs or we have those, it's literally like then that's the lenses we're looking at the world through. 
So if nothing is going to work out for me, if life isn't good, if I can never get ahead, if bad things always happen to me, then what's the possibility that then we are on some level, that's how we're seeing the world, that's how we're experiencing the world. And then the flip side of that is, it's like, so what happens if we release those? right? Like what happens if we no longer hold those beliefs that that's what's happening in life? And what if we reconnect to some other beliefs at a much higher frequency for us? And so it starts to literally shift the way our brains start to actually see and experience the world. Mm. So I love them. Like we did a uh, a workshop once and I was teaching and it was great. We got those little, you know, those little sticky notes that you get yeah, all different colors. So all we did through that class, I was teaching something, but we agreed that every time you heard somebody make a statement that was a belief, you got to put a sticky note on them. It was hilarious. <laughs> we were like covered in all the stickies, right? From like just, just noticing like what are the beliefs that we hold hmm. and how might they be affecting us? And then the other part is, is really, really easy to let go of beliefs just like it is really easy to let go of emotions. Hmm. And how does that play out? Because I know that there's been studies done that I've even read about where, you know, even on a cellular level, like we are like genetically holding that in our body. Absolutely. How does that work? So I could tell you maybe a little bit sort of like about the system that I used that came in for me many, a number of years ago. It kept coming in. It's evolved into a whole system where I look at it all in terms of you know, it's emotions. But I also recognize, just as you say, like sometimes we're holding that in systems, right? So I might work with somebody who's got some shoulder pain going on and we might say, okay, well, that's muscular in some ways or, you know, it's in the skeletal system. But it's amazing how many times I can release emotions and then the energy frees up in that shoulder and then you can move your shoulder around and it's like, wow, that's really interesting. It's not hurting anymore or my mobility is moving more. And I think that what happens is the body does become a bit of a collection place for us for all kinds of things, emotions. So the system that I work with sort of looks at belief systems. It has hereditary pieces in it. Allergies are in it. Because allergies, we can have all kinds of allergies, not just, you know, seasonal environmental, but we have foods, but we can have thought allergies. And I mean, it just goes on and on. And then also emotions. And then there's another piece that I work with very much, which is called anchors. And uh, anchors are things that kind of get anchored into us, right? They're deep, they're heavy in our systems. So again, as we take whatever it is that the person wants to work with, I'm just taking it to what I call take it to the kit. And I have the sort of like vibrational frequencies of 75 commonly held sort of different vibrations that happen for people. And I can very quickly through muscle testing, figure out what those are. And it's not uncommon for those physical pieces to come up as well. So we might be working on the endocrine system. We might be working on the nervous system because those are places where we tend to hold old stuff. Yeah, I've certainly experienced it. I mean, I think even in the last session, there was a spot in my back that was uncomfortable. And the example that I was talking about earlier of the previous engagement, and we kind of brought some healing into that. All of a sudden afterwards, I think I even said, like, Karen, this feels crazy, but my back doesn't hurt the way it does anymore. Like, yeah, it's all energy. It's all energy. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> 
The one question that's coming to mind for me, and part of this is probably like conditioning because we're always taught that like someone who's amazing that we look up to, like they must have a secret, right? And so the thing that's coming to mind for me is like, what's Karen's secret? What's your morning routine? What's your evening routine? Like what kind of like practices do you do to try to get yourself to stay in this like high vibration, full of love, living life in this like eyes wide open state? I think the love part is actually, I feel like that kind of takes care of itself. I feel like that's really at the core of who I am. I actually think it's at the core of every single person. And so my mornings, my mornings are often, they're shifting a little bit actually now to much more getting up in the mornings and creating space and time to think about what do I want to bring in in my day? And then also, what do I want to bring in in my futuring? And that's a big piece I've been working on more recently. And then I move into client sessions, which I absolutely love, 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 love. I always feel like that's such a joy. Like I talk about being on purpose. It's like, I think to myself, like, how lucky am I? I do something every single day with clients that I absolutely love and I feel so passionate about. And I'm so aware that by working in this way, that when I come to the end of my day, it's very, very different than before I was doing energy psychology work. Because it was much more talk-based, I used to find that I would be concerned for that person a little bit, you know, or it would come into my thoughts or maybe my dreams and things like that. Whereas now I feel like, this is so good because we release things, right? That's what people are looking for. Otherwise, why are we kind of hooking up and connecting with people to support us, right? So I always feel like, wow, that was an awesome session and they got to release these different emotions or brought awareness to something. So that always feels like so incredibly heart-fulfilling for me. It's just it's just lovely. And then the other piece, evenings, evenings are often quiet. Right now in Ontario, we're getting a bit of snow, although we've had a milder winter. So I'm not going out quite as much, but I sure am looking forward to getting out a little bit more. Yeah. When you talk about mornings and like having that kind of quiet space, is that just like work that you're doing mentally in your mind? Or is there a different way that you're kind of creating that spaciousness? Depends. I work with the Mason Method kit that I use. So that's the other piece I think that's really important. And in my classes, I often teach for those people who are coming in to learn how to do this and be practitioners. Our line always is take it to the kit, take it to the kit. So I really, really try, not try, I really do my absolute best that if I notice I am out of balance, I'm either asking somebody else who also knows how to do the Mason Method to do a session with me. Or the other beautiful thing is, is just being able to sit with it and think, okay, I'm not feeling totally centered today, or I'm not feeling totally grounded, or I want to teach a class. Have I got any blocks and resistances to this? And then you literally just sit there. It's beautiful. You just sit there with the kit and the energy test and figure out what's out of balance, balance it for yourself, and then just move forward. So it's absolutely, definitely a big part of one of my practices. And then spending time in nature's really important for me as well. And now my beautiful pussycat. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> really chill now, you know. <laughs> it has gone from total fear to relaxation. <laughs> Anybody that's listening and is like, ooh, tell me more about becoming a practitioner or how do I get involved? How do I have a session with Karen or someone like Karen? How can they find you and what are the opportunities? Yeah, so my website is themasonmethod.com and Mason is M-A-Y-S-O-N. 
So there's information on my website about that. I've got an upcoming class soon starting. The Mason Method is taught in two parts. One is for a personal practitioner, so you learn how to be able to use it for yourself. And then there's a professional practitioner for those who would like to work with their clients. You can take the longer, sort of more extended program that goes much deeper into looking at belief structures and allergies and hereditary patterns and things like that, as well as a number of other methods that I use when I'm working with clients. So one of the things I really want to do, I can feel like, you know, we can heal so many more people. There are more people who are learning how to use this method and then can work with their clients on all kinds of great things. I would say it's infinite in its possibilities. So I often will say like you can have as many different things on your list for your session, whatever it is, it's up for you at that time. So love that. As we close out, is there anything else that feels like it needs to be said or any other words of wisdom, especially when you're thinking about, you know, maybe kind of like, let me paint the picture of a lot of the listeners here are creatives. And so there's a lot of artists, musicians, photographers, designers really trying to grow and create a business that is the life of their dreams and all that can come with that. Is there anything that you would have collectively to say to all of us or words of wisdom that you feel like you want to impart before we close? That's a great question. That's a big question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I knew you'd be up for it, though. You're talking about those, you know, creative, those creative souls. And one of the pieces that comes up sometimes as I think about that sort of creative insecurity that can come in mm. people sometimes, too. And so I think the biggest thing I would want to say is it actually is so much easier than we think it is. All those pieces that feel sort of challenging for us, we can clear it so easily and just come back into balance. I believe that there's a part of us that absolutely knows what it feels like to be in balance and to be in ease and to be able to move forward in ease. And if we're not feeling that, All we have to do is just sort of think of it like, okay, if I'm not in ease, if it's not moving easily, there's a nice, easy explanation for that. And it can be released so much more quickly. And yeah, we might have a few tears in the process. But the lovely thing is, is generally they don't last a long time. It's just like feeling the vibration of it and then shifting the vibration of that. Beautiful answer. To just really be kind, caring, and compassionate and and know it's easier. And when you say that, I'm hearing like not even to others, like to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Being more kind, caring, compassionate, and gentle with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your presence is always like a warm hug, and this did not disappoint. I hope that others can feel that warmth and love through the podcast. We'll make sure to link your website and where they can find you in the show notes as well. So if you're listening and you want to access to Karen and all the beauty that she offers the world, you can find that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Karen, for being on. I really appreciate it. And I'm just so excited to share who you are with the world and with my world. So thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Such gratitude. Deep, deep gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're looking for more, you can find me at elizabeth-marks.com, elizabeth-marx.com, or find me on Instagram at elizabethmarks.coaching. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.